Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm excited to be here. If you weren't here this Sunday, you missed two great preachers. One being exceptionally great. Papa K was with us, and it was good to see him. Man, I tell you what, you know, I, I, I pray that when, when I get to that age, I'm preaching the Word of God strong and, and that I'm living for God strong. It was exciting. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. He's proof that you can make it. <laughs> the devil wants to spend all his time telling you you can't make it. It feels good to be to see a pioneer of the word delivering the word of God the way he did. Tonight I want to I want to speak to you quickly about something I feel God has put on my heart today. And um, if you'll bear with me for a few moments, um, I would like to once again try to enlighten you on the Word of God. And um, I, I do understand um, that it's a midweek and it's hard and we're tired and uh, we're sore. And um, it's, it's already been a long week and it's summer. The lazy time of summer is here and that's okay. So if you would, uh, just stay with me for a few moments and I'd like to deliver the Word of God. I'm going to read to you from Psalms 19. We're going to read three verses and um, just say amen when you have that so who can understand his errors cleanse thou me from secret faults keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. If you would say amen, you may be seated. Tonight I want to talk to you, and, and, and by no means am I trying to offend anybody, but that just happens sometimes. I'm figuring that out. That happens when you're a preacher, <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, that's hard for this old boy to accept because I'm that type of guy that I want everybody to like me. Uh, I, I, I go out of my way uh, to try to get everybody to like me. I talk big sometimes, but when the truth comes down to the matter... I'm, I'm a big teddy bear. So having said that, please understand that my spirit is, is trying to be in tune with the word of the Lord tonight. And that I, I really, I'm not apologizing. And if you're offended, um, pray about it. So, uh, and, and we'll, we'll get through it. So, um, tonight I want to talk to you uh, about sin. I want to talk to you um, briefly about the subject of sin and redemption. How many can say tonight that you've gone the whole year without sinning? I, well, I was hoping I could show you the hand of a liar, but I don't think that's apparent tonight. So, you know, it's kind of obvious that we we live in sin, and that um, you know uh, we were born into sin, and we live in sin. And as we grow in God, probably some of the things that you failed at at the beginning, um, you really don't fall at those anymore. But 
The Bible says that if we confess our sin, that He, being Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Um, this, this is a day... This is a day-by-day promise. So really, we only have to do this one day at a time. And give me a chance. Let me, let me get through this, and I'll give you some scriptures for it. And so I can handle one day at a time, but, you know, if I, if I had to really be honest with you tonight, I, 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 I would have to tell you that I just don't think that I have enough character to live the rest of my life without the Lord's grace and mercy. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that tonight, that I really don't think that I have enough character to live the remainder of my life without God's grace and mercy. But the good news is that I don't really have to worry about that because Jesus, His forgiveness is a day-by-day process. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. If you don't have anything else to rejoice in the Lord over in the morning, you can rejoice over that simple fact that how many times has God forgiven me this day? I will rejoice and be glad in it because you know why? This forgiveness is a daily process. Lamentations 3 verses 22 and 23 states, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His His, His compassions fail not. And then in verse 23, it says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The old song says, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. You know, I remember singing those songs. I remember that stuff. But man, are those words really starting to come to light the older I get? Those songs have taken on a new meaning to me. Because, you know, uh, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. I can't handle a week at a time. I need your forgiveness and I need your mercies every day. Now, I'm looking in in Psalms 19, verse 12, starting at verse 12. the, The first portion of the scriptures, if you want some homework... Go home and look at that, and and that is a number of ways that God will talk to you and prove himself to you, and it's great. But in verse 12, David starts really giving us a list that, man, if you're not careful, it's kind of like the town of blessings today. If you blink, you're going to go through it quick, and and, and this is the same thing. You know, if you blink, you're you're really going to miss what David is trying to warn you about and trying to tell you about. In the first thing that, that David comes up against, it's quick. He says, errors. He says, who can understand his errors? Just right out there. Let's, let's, not, let's, let's not do any patty cake. Let's talk about it real quick. Who can understand his errors? Errors is talking about a mistake. In baseball, an error is when you have tried to do something right, but you didn't succeed. You, you committed an error. You, you ended up doing it wrong, even though you were trying to do it right. How many have made errors recently? I can tell you, I, I make them every day. I, 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 I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. A small lie that comes out of nowhere. Has anybody? I'm guilty of that. I, will, I have been talking to people, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I've seen that. Well, I've never seen that before in my life. And it just, and all of a sudden, here I am, man. I'm like in this little bitty hole I just dug real quick. And I'm like, 
I'm thinking in my brain, I miss completely everything they're saying, and I'm thinking in my brain, why did I say that? You know, that was didn't even make sense. I don't even know. I, I, I guess I didn't want them to feel bad. I don't know. You know, I just it was a it was an error. It was a mistake. And and so you know, let's maybe the pastor asked you to pray or fast uh, uh, one day a week, and and boy, it's Sunday, and whoo, the music's going, and you're like, yes, count me in, I'll do it. And then next Sunday it comes along, and well, how how many fasted and prayed? Oh, ooh, I forgot about that. You know, I forgot about that one. So we commit errors. That, that's just the given. We commit errors. You know why we commit errors? We live in flesh. We're not robots. We live in flesh. And, and we commit errors. Number two, he says, secret faults. I, I might step on some toes because God stepped on mine tremendously uh, with, with this. So forgive me. You know, but this is what the Word of God says Secret faults. What is a secret fault? Well, we keep these to ourselves. I'm talking about excusing wrong behavior within yourself and saying that it's just between me and God. Nobody knows about it. I'll just, you know what I'll do? I'll just, I'll just hold this deep inside and, and you know what? Everything's going to be fine. Nobody needs to, nobody needs to know about this. This is between me and God. You know, this is, this is my problem. You know, uh, it's my hot temper. You know, this is, the, this is just the way I am. This is who I am. You know, this is how I was born. This is how I came into this world. It's, it's my secret lust life. It's, it's my little, little lust thoughts. It's my little desires that, that it's just between me and God. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily do outwardly bad things, but you have secret faults going on in you all the time. And you know it's wrong, but you keep convincing yourself that, it, that if you just keep it to yourself, that it's going to be okay. And, and you know what? No way. I'm not hurting anybody anyways. This, this is my secret fault. But the Bible says, let the words of thy mouth and the meditations of thy heart be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Secret faults. I don't want to just look good on the, on the outside, but I want my thoughts, I want my inner being to be pleasing to God. This one sin is what's, in my opinion, is causing a tremendous amount of frustration in the church today because people want to move closer to God and they're wanting to hear from God but are not willing to confess their secret faults within themselves to the Lord. So David says, cleanse me thou, cleanse thou me from my secret faults, those hidden things. They're not just an error, but they are things that I excuse within myself. Number three, then David says, keep Back thy servant from presumptuous sins. This is, a, this is a premeditated sin. It's a sin where you know it's wrong before you committed it. But you're still willing to do it anyways. You see, it's interesting how these sins are progressively getting worse and worse and they're, they're getting 
A little more serious as you read down. This is people who know something is sinful, but they just plan on being forgiven. They just plan on moving into uh, a forgiveness. God God has forgiven me in the past, and God will forgive me again. And now you're starting to move into some really treacherous ground. In Romans, it says you should not frustrate the grace of God. And, 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 you know, and, and I don't want it to ever, I believe, I truly personally in my own walk with God, in my own diligence in searching out the word of God, I believe God's grace and mercy goes further beyond than any of us can really comprehend. I really believe that. But when you start moving into a presumptuous sin, you start moving into an area of where you're starting to play games with God that get very, very serious. I don't ever want to get to the place to where I go to the altar assuming. Brother Moore, you and I talked about assumptions the other day. I don't ever want to get to the place where I go to the altar and I assume that there's going to be a forgiveness there. And then find out there's not. The Bible says Esau sought a place of repentance with bitter tears. Sometimes when you play games with God too long, there's, there's a numbness that comes. There's a numbness that can enter into your life, into your spirit. I've seen it in people that have played games too long. Too long. I'm a grace preacher. (laughs) If it wasn't for grace, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for grace, none of us would be here. But I'm saying now we're moving into a presumptuous sin. Now we're assuming. I told Brother Moore, I came up with a saying years ago when I was a branch manager. I said, curiosity killed the cat, but assumptions murdered the dog. Assumptions will kill you. Assumptions. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm, you know what, I'm going to commit this sin. I know it's wrong, but I know, I know God's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. The next thing that David talks about is the dominion of sin. So after you've played with this sin, or you've played with sin for so long, now... No longer do you control it, but it controls you. It has dominion over you. It gets, it gets a hold of you. It all started as an error. Then it, then it was a secret fault. And, and then it became a presumptuous sin. And, and then it took dominion over you. And, and what happens in, in our walk as a Christian and what happens in our walk with God is that You don't see the times that you're begging God for forgiveness and God continually blesses you and and you walk in and and we have a move of God and you get lost in the Holy Ghost and and, and, and all of a sudden you're back out there and you're still dealing with some of these problems and now now the sin has become a dominion. Now it's, it's gotten a hold of you. Now it's driving the ship, not you. But you know what's concerning to me? 
what, what God said, pay attention right here. David says that there's even one thing worse than dominion sin. Well, okay, God, I'm a little confused. What in the world? What on this green earth could be worse than sin having dominion over your life? But if you read, it says, David says, then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. I mean, you know, really, what could be worse than being dominated by sin and having sin completely control your life? Well, there is something worse. And if you look in 1 Samuel, the Bible says... And, and, and this is, Samuel has, Samuel the prophet has gone to King Saul and Saul and given him a commandment from the Lord. And, 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 and the Lord is telling Saul, thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remembered that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and women, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. That's what God said. God gave, God gave Saul a direct commandment. This is what you do. God gave him clear lines. Clear lines of distinction. Exactly what to do. One of the tragedies of our church, one of the tragedies of not just our church, but the church, is that we really don't want clear lines of distinction. We really don't want clear boundaries. We want everything to be all right and everything to be accepted. This is just my way to God. This is just, this is just how I worship. Brother Rob McKee posted on Facebook the other day. It was really, really nailed it. He says, the North American church used to debate scriptural matters. Now the church is debating if any scripture matters. There's some things that we can't play with. There's some things in life that you've got to understand you can't play with. Sin, but you know what, preacher? They're, they're, you know, Jay, there's nothing wrong with a little sin. You know what? It's not even a real sin. It's just a little fun. Let's, let's take out the word sin and let's add fun. It's, you know, it was all in good fun. It was all in good jest. Let me tell you something. God says he hates sin and commands you to come out. Because he understands that even a little bit of sin has one destination. That's to destroy you. Even a little bit of sin has one purpose, and that's to destroy you, to not only destroy you, but to take you down, to humiliate you, and to embarrass you, and to destroy your walk with God. 
So, Jay, what's the great transgression? What is this horrible sin that's above dominion? Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul, come over here. Let's talk. And Samuel said, you know what? Let's talk. Come into my camp. So Samuel came to Saul. He said, no, I'm not going to come to you. You come to me. And Samuel walks in and Saul said unto him, Blessed, O thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandments of the Lord. Oh, blessed, holy Samuel. Oh, blessed, King Saul has performed the commandments that God gave me. And Samuel said, What? Hang on, Saul. What meaneth then, if that's the truth, Saul, if you're not lying to me and you're telling me the truth, then why do I hear sheep bleeding in the background? Why do I hear the mooing of the cows and the oxen? What is the great transgression? It's when you have sin in your life. And you still come into God like everything's okay. Nothing but verbalized religious garbage. When we, act, when we say or act like one thing in the church or in the, in the church and we live another outside the church, you're committing the great transgression. This is hypocrisy, better known as a hypocrite. This, my friend, is the worst, the worst thing that you can do. God said in Revelation that he had rather, be, he had rather you be hot are cold than to be lukewarm. And he said he would spew you out of his mouth. And another translation, it said he would vomit them up. you got to understand. Sin's out to destroy you. One purpose. You know, Jay, it's just an, it's just an error, man. I made an error. A mistake. You know, I, bro, I'm grounded in the Word. I know the Word of God. I, I, I've been raised in this, Jay. Don't preach to me like that. Who do you think you are? Oh, you're, you're Mr. Righteous. Secret fault. 
presumptuous sin, dominion, great transgression. When you get to that great transgression, it's hard. It's hard. Brother Griffin taught me one time in Bible school. He says, he says, God, and this was his, this was this was the way he taught us. He said, God never stops calling your name. He never, until the day of judgment, will stop calling your name. He loves you. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. God loves you. He created you in His own image. And He will never stop calling your name. But what happens is, you can walk away from God to the point that you can't hear Him. You can walk away from God and continually walk. You know, it's just an error. Well, you know, it's a secret fault now and and then all of a sudden, you're, and, that, and that voice in your life, that Holy Ghost flame becomes a little flicker. And then all of a sudden, you know it's wrong. You know there's something calling because the nature of God is light. And that light continually calls. And, and all of a sudden, you're sitting here on the pews and you're battling. You're battling. You're battling with that inward man. You're fighting for your life. So what's the good news here, Jay? Saul was busted down as king. He was he was humiliated. His a lot of times when you when you hear preaching on Saul, it's not very good. <laughs> it's usually an example of something wrong, something bad. So what is the good news here, Jay? Well, you know what? The good news is we serve a forgiving God. We serve a forgiving God. You know, David committed an error. He was walking on the balcony one day. And he saw Bathsheba bathing. He invited her into the palace and, and sinned. It became a secret fault. Then it became a presumptuous sin because he, he deceived Uriah her husband. And, and he sent him out to the front lines of the battlefield. And, he, and, and now it, it, it's, it's that the sin has gotten dominion over his life. And he's, the way the, the, way the Word of God reads, is he's having a festival. He, he's, it, his sin has just taken over. And God says, Nathan, I need you to do something for me. Nathan goes down and gives him a little analogy about the man that has two ewe lambs, but he goes to the one and takes from him. And David stands up and says, Who is he? Kill him right now. Nathan says, My Lord, I'm talking to you. We're at a critical, critical point. David is about to commit the great transgression. How many times have we read the stories of David? Do we really understand how 
how close he was to committing the great transgression. The next word out of his mouth is critical to everything that David has ever been and ever will be, ever was. And he looks, I can just, I just vision it. He's standing there with all of his friends and, the, and everybody's got all this food and music and everything's come to a halt. And David's put on a spot. And David bows his head and he says, I've sinned. I am that man. I have sinned. And that little prayer right there, David broke home the dominion of sin and did, did, he did not commit the great transgression. Because he says, you know what, I miss, I mean, this is King David. This is, this is the spirit-led hand of God, friend of God, called of God, kept of God, man, he says, you know what? I have sinned. I have sinned. And God forgave him. I don't know why I'm preaching this to y'all tonight. This is what God gave me. I, uh, I've been in, I've been in this I've been in church for a long time. And I've seen I've seen great great men of God lay this down. And it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. Don't know that I ever will understand it. seen men of God that they're the reason I'm in this pulpit. I've seen them lay it down. God, keep me. Keep me, Jesus. Whatever you have to do, God. Search my heart, Lord. Search my mind, God. Thank you, God, for your daily mercies, your daily forgiveness. Keep me near the cross. Keep me near the cross. You can stand.